Summer is here, and we're as busy as ever at the DSR Network. Our podcast schedule has expanded to include the DSR Daily Brief, DSR Foreign Policy, DSR Politics, the DSR Spy Show, Words Matter, Foreign Office with Michael Weiss, Next in Foreign Policy, and The Secret Life of Cookies. To celebrate our expansion, we're bringing you this special offer. Through the month of June, membership is 50% off. Members receive an ad-free listening experience, bonus content across all of our podcasts, an evening newsletter, an invitation to join the DSR Slack community, and more. To take advantage of this offer, visit thedsrnetwork.com slash buy and enter code DSRexpands, all one word. That's thedsrnetwork.com slash buy and code DSRexpands. Thank you for your support. This is Words Matter with Norm Ornstein. We've got the votes and screw the rest of you. And Dr. Kavita Patel. These might be some of the smaller moments, you know, with all the bombshells. Didn't catch people's eyes. Hello and welcome to Words Matter. I am not Dr. Kavita Patel. She's away this week, so I, David Rothkopf, am standing in for her, although I know I will do an inferior job. Fortunately, for all of you who are Words Matter fans, Norm Ornstein is with us, and he will restore uh, normalcy, sorry, to the podcast. How are you, Norm? I am okay, David, and it's a delight to have you, even if you're not Kavita. Thank, thank you. I will never, ever be as good as Kavita Patel at anything. Um, you know, I've been noticing, Norm, this week, a lot of your tweets. You have been on the warpath. I just, I mean, you, you just something, ha, un, you know, perhaps it is the uh, the, the uh, uh, Trump uh, arraignment uh, has gotten under your skin. And I've just noticed you, every time a Republican does something stupid, you will tweet, you're a disgrace, delete your account. Uh, more uh, frequently, it is when somebody uh, utters a falsehood about the Trump indictment or makes the false equivalence of Trump to uh, Bill Clinton, Hillary Clinton, uh, or uh, Joe Biden. Um, I tweet or read G- the Jesus. Indictment. Sometimes, sometimes to Jesus. Sometimes to Jesus. Read the indictment and then delete your account. <laughs> and sometimes I add resign in disgrace. <laughs> and uh, I have been on the warpath, David, because I'm just infuriated by two things. The first is the level of moral cowardice in the face of this powerful indictment, so powerful that the National Review has said uh, this is deeply serious business, Uh, and that you get all of these Republicans, starting with the Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, and including uh, Marco Rubio or little Marco Rubio or littler Marco Rubio, uh, and Mike Lee and Elise Stefanik and on and on and on, 
defending him and supporting him. Um, but it's also people like uh, Lindsay and Chuck Grassley deliberately misstating what the Presidential Records Act says, echoing Trump when he says, the Presidential Records Act says, I can do anything I want with any of these documents, when it is exactly the opposite. And for a ranking member, former chair of the Senate Judiciary Committee, for the former chair of the Senate Judiciary Committee, Chuck Grassley, to say he hasn't read the indictment because he's not a legal scholar, uh, just drives me up a wall. And once again, then there's Mitch McConnell, who refuses to say anything. Every time there's an opportunity to curb this sociopathic, narcissistic autocrat, they refuse to do so. And if you look at past statements, Marco Rubio, the ranking member of the Senate Intelligence Committee, saying in the past, you, you play around with classified documents, that's a direct threat to national security. Now, protecting Trump and lying about it is just hard to take, David. And that when you see some a handful of others take a different position, uh, and I was particularly struck by Ken Buck, who is one of the most radical members of the House, a charter member of the Freedom Caucus, but also a former prosecutor, saying not just that these charges are deeply serious, but also that uh Donald Trump set the standard by saying of Hillary Clinton in 2016, if you can't treat classified materials appropriately, you are not fit for any office, including dog catcher. And Ken Buck saying, apply that standard, Donald Trump is not fit for office. The contrast then with all these other Republicans, Republicans at the top of their heap, is just nauseating. Uh, so, uh, you know, Twitter is uh, a vehicle to vent. It's getting increasingly difficult, as you know. I was, you know, just looking at the degree of radicalization of Elon Musk, now basically saying that maybe what we should have is the equivalent of the most vicious dictator in ancient Rome, uh, and saying that Fact checkers are all uh, corrupt and in the tank and can't be believed. It's getting harder, but it's so, so cathartic for me to be able to rail against these monstrous people. Uh, so I'm going to stick with it for now. No, no, it's very cathartic for me for you to rail yeah. against these cathar these these people. But you know, there has been some silence. You know, I, I think the uh, you know Senate uh, Senate Republicans have been distinguished. Uh, with a couple of exceptions by uh, their silence on these issues, except for Romney on the side of the angels and uh, more or less and and Cruz and Hawley and and some particularly Mike Lee nasty ones uh, you know carrying Trump's water. Um, but there is one place that the Republicans <laughs> have actually started to speak out, right? And I find this striking, and I'm interested in your reaction. Uh, you have the former White House chief of staff, 
General John Kelly um, coming down hard on Trump, saying it's the first time he's being held accountable and saying he's scared shitless. You have the former White House Chief of Staff, Mick Mulvaney, saying something, you know, equally serious um, about Trump. You have the former uh, Trump Attorney General, Bill Barr, um, saying that Trump is toast and that he is done as far as this is concerned. You have uh, the former Trump um, uh, uh, Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo, who has essentially been a Trump poodle, saying Trump uh, if you know, has violated the law. You have Mike Pence now saying, the former vice president, that uh, if, you know, Trump did what was on here, it's very serious. And he would not even go so far as to say that he would consider to pardon him if he were elected president, uh, which is a shift for Mike Pence. You have Nikki Haley, the former Trump UN ambassador, um, uh, coming around and actually offering some criticism. You have John Bolton, who, you know, is, you know, John Bolton, but nonetheless, going at great length to attack Trump for the national security violations here. The entire friggin' Trump cabinet has come out against Trump. And, you know, it, it, the, my favorite word uh, of the last year has been lickspittle, um, followed by perfidy. Um, but when you have a lickspittle like Nikki Haley turning against him, you're absolutely right, and other lickspittles that you have mentioned. It is a sign of people who are going to twist and bend in the wind, depending on what they see is going to work best for them and their own unbounded ambitions. And that is a sign uh, for many that uh, Trump is going to have bigger troubles uh, ahead. Now, Lindsey Graham uh, yesterday said something else that really set me off, which is uh, a warning that if there are additional indictments involving January 6th, that Republicans would go to DEFCON 1. And here again, you know, all of the stuff surrounding January 6th, all of these lawmakers who knew that potentially they could die on that day because of the Proud Boys and the other radicals coming through, many of them armed, uh, eager to assassinate key members of Congress, now whitewashing all of that uh, is just beyond loathsome. Now, having said all of that, if you're Donald Trump this week, you know, first of all, that 20 of your Secret Service agents who had been on detail with you, who were there through every minute, ended up testifying. And you have no idea which ones would lie for you. And it's unlikely that all of them would. When you have Mark Meadows, who they've nailed to the wall, uh, going in and testifying, and it's very likely that he turned on Donald Trump. You have this set of indictments, and the only thing you got going for you on this, and we know that there's a whole lot more than what was in that 50 plus pages in the indictment that the Justice Department has. The only thing you got going for you is a judge 
who so far has proven to be a lickspittle to Trump, Aileen Cannon. But you can't be sure how all of this will come out. And you know that it wasn't Joe Biden or even Jack Smith who indicted you. It was two dozen Floridians in a grand jury. So even a uh, jury in uh, southern Florida, you can't be sure what will happen with that. We now know that Bedminster is a target, his New Jersey uh, place. And I think both of us were perplexed that there was no search warrant for Bedminster after we saw these pictures of boxes being loaded onto Trump's plane going from Mar-a-Lago and West Palm Beach to Bedminster. And it now has occurred to me Maybe they did do a search warrant, but unlike the Mar-a-Lago one, when Trump trumpeted that, as he said, it was raided, maybe they did it without anybody knowing about it or or, uh, trumpeting it. And very possibly, they also looked in what would be a likely spot for Trump to bury top secret documents, namely the grave of his wife, Ivana, on the golf course. And since Ivana was cremated, the idea that there's a grave there, it does raise all kinds of questions. You know that Georgia's coming up in August. And for the first time in your life, all of the crimes you've committed that you've gotten away with, you may not get away with them. This has to uh, have been a very bad, bad week for Donald Trump. And now that you see some of your former lickspittles turning on you, uh, it can't be a pleasant uh, experience for him. And for that, I'm grateful. Well, yeah, and I, you make a pretty good case that this is going to turn uh, further and further against him. Uh, as you know, I, I brought a column yesterday in the Daily Beast. Um, <laughs> Wonder, in, a wonderful column. In which I said that Donald Trump is hitting his wily coyote moment, which is to say that, you know, there he is running along uh, for the presidency or to enrich himself or whatever he's doing for this scheme. And he's going to get out there like Wiley Coyote does off the cliff, look down and realize the support has evaporated. One of the most telling things, and you've just described a bunch of it, um, that in in this respect was a story I saw from NBC that said that a bunch of Republicans behind the scenes had met, um, and they were deeply worried about what all these Trump allegations um, were going to do to the Republican Party. Um, you know, they've been trying to put a good face on it. But as you say, you've got this case. You may have the Bedminster case. I, I laugh when you talk of the um, Ivana Trump grave because you know it's actually I mean it's it's sounds like a Republican conspiracy theory but it but it's actually plausible um uh you've got Fonnie Willis out there which has got to make by the way um Lindsey Graham a little bit nervous since he made some of those phone calls um and you've got you know what is potentially the most serious of all of these things which is a January 6th case, 
uh, where you could put the president at the middle of a plot that has already been described by multiple judges as an insurrection, as a coup attempt in the United States. Uh, Andrew Weissman, the former uh, member of the Mueller team, who was also the FBI general counsel, has gone on the record saying he expects Trump to uh, Mueller, to, uh, excuse me, um, uh, Jack Smith to bring that case. Uh, it, it it seems to me it may be that Trump's already out there hanging in the air and he doesn't even know it yet. No, I think that's absolutely the case, and. You know, I was at the uh, first debate in t 2020 in Cleveland, um, that infamous debate um, where it was a very small audience because of COVID. We learned much later that Trump actually had tested positive for COVID when he went on that debate stage. We know that his entire family and entourage refused to wear masks, even though that was the rule. But we also know, more importantly, that that's the debate where Trump said of the Proud Boys, stand by and stand up. And these are the Proud Boys who were convicted of seditious conspiracy. So the charges on January 6th, as you say, could be even more serious, especially if there is any documentary evidence of communications leading up to January 6th and on that day between Trump and some of these people who were engaged in seditious conspiracy, which would make him a seditious conspirator. So all of that is there. I do have to, before we move on, uh, bring up another of my hobby horses. Kevin McCarthy, who I continue to believe is the worst speaker of the House ever, um, has said, after all of the pictures emerged of these boxes, in the shower, in the bathroom at Mar-a-Lago, <laughs> yeah. saying you can lock a bathroom, apparently either lying or not realizing that, yes, you can lock a bathroom from the inside, not the outside. Nobody wants a bathroom door where you're inside doing your business and somebody locks you in. So, of course, what that meant was that uh, the uh, Chinese spies or Russian spies or Saudi spies who were there at Mar-a-Lago could go into the bathroom, lock the door, and go through their boxes, uh, the boxes that were there, without having to worry about anybody barging in on them. So, you know, some of these excuses for him are just lamer than ever. And it, it is worth noting, as you know, as well as anybody. Every government in the world, but especially our adversaries, spend millions, if not billions, trying to dig into the secrets of the United States and find out what we know. Uh, and you have uh, people in the embassies, you have others, you, have, you use electronic tools, the biggest bargain for spying in American history is for $200,000, you had complete access to anything at Mar-a-Lago. So we know that there were all kinds of people there 
and you look at these pictures of boxes that included top secret documents in the bathroom, in the storage area, on the stage in the ballroom. I, you know, said to uh, at one point, we better check, uh, have the FBI check every uh, band that might have played at a wedding reception that was uh, going through the boxes up on the stage. Uh, the w- way in which this was handled, the possibility that we know, knowing as Trump has gone through this, everything is about the grift. It's still, even as he complains, trying to raise money. Of course, we need to check on whether he sold these documents or traded them for something of value. And we know that Jack Smith is also looking into Trump's relationship with the Saudis and the LIV golf tour. So uh, there's a whole lot going on here that uh, we uh, do not yet know, and all of it will hit Trump. And I do think that. Anything that he tries to get from the Acme company will not save him uh, from going off that cliff and uh, falling into the abyss. Well, I, you know, I, I, I think you're right. And at the risk of, you know, winding you up a little bit, let me say a couple of things. One, we've worried about Trump and national security stuff since before he was president. You know, when he reached out to the Russians, that was worrisome. When we discovered that Mike Flynn, had reached out to the Russians and had ties to the Turks that he shouldn't have, and then lied about it to the FBI uh, and was fired within the first three weeks he was in office. We saw that. When uh, Trump had his first meeting in the Oval Office with the Russian foreign minister and the Russian ambassador, and he displayed to them classified material that had been given to us by the Israelis, um, we knew it. When he said... Uh, I want my uh, son-in-law and daughter daughter to have um, uh, uh, security clearances. Um, and the uh, people who make those judgments said, no, we shouldn't do that. And he overrode them so that they did have it, even though they weren't eligible for it. Um, we knew it. When he started firing people who he thought were going to get into the business of the 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 uh, uh, relationship he had with the Russians, starting with James Comey, we knew it. When he put people like Rick Grinnell and uh, Cash Patel and others into leadership positions in the intelligent community, intelligence community so that he could keep a lid on things, we knew it. When he had his bad conversation with Zelensky and went and put that in a safe and started hiding information. When he had the conversation with Vladimir Putin in Helsinki in 2018, took the side of the Russian intelligence over our own intelligence, and then hid the notes of his conversation with Putin, we knew it. And now, in this particular case, we know that in this 50-ish page indictment, that there are only 30 documents and that the worst secrets he gave out, they can't bring to trial. Uh, and so we are not actually hearing about them. We also know that the one instance where he was shown, and maybe two instances, uh, 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 allegedly of referring to classified documents, were in fact at Bedminster, which we don't know whether it's been explored, but we do know that he brought boxes up there 
And uh, so there are multiple places where there was exposure. We do know, as you say, that every foreign intelligence service targeted this place. We don't know what the guest list was at Mar-a-Lago. Some of those Saudis may not have been spies. They may have been guests or business partners he was showing off to. And we also have a story that there were 340 uh, foreign nationals who were hired at Mar-a-Lago without security clearance. Um, I'm, I'm sorry to wind you up. I could go on on this. But the reality is that this narrow indictment should not be news to us and almost certainly does not begin to cover the, the, the vast swath of national security abuses of Donald Trump. You've got me wound up all right, because you're, uh, you're absolutely right. Uh, one of the people I hope that the FBI has interviewed is the translator who was the only one in the room with Trump when he had conversations with Vladimir Putin, which he refused to have transcribed. Um, and uh, I would just love to have that translator um, tell authorities what those conversations entailed. Now, you also mentioned the son-in-law. We know that uh, MBS, the leader of Saudi Arabia, the man who engineered the brutal slaying of uh, Khashoggi, uh, boasted over and over that he had Jared Kushner in his hip pocket. There are reports that Kushner shared the presidential daily briefing with uh, MBS. And that, of course, also reveals sources and methods. And we know that when Trump was president, there was a prosecutor to go after his adversaries if he were elected again as president. All about Trump taking the Justice Department and completely weaponizing it, and knowing that he has people who would do whatever he wanted, like Jeffrey Clark, like Rick Grinnell. Uh, but also mentioned in that piece is that Rick uh, uh, that uh, Ron DeSantis would do the same thing. Take a Justice Department which has traditionally uh, operated independently of the president, um, where you're not going to have a police state where the political leaders decide to weaponize prosecutions. And in this case, what we know is that Joe Biden stayed as far away from Merrick uh, Garland and the Justice Department as he could. Merrick Garland bent over doubly, triply, quadruply backwards to try and make sure that there was no hint of the banana republic, we're going to punish our political enemies. And one of the things that he did that he could be criticized for was he let the statute of limitations run out on all of the allegations in the Mueller report. Uh, before turning to these things and taking a lot of time before moving to prosecutions, all of which is to try and make sure that this was done as independently and appropriately as possible. We would genuinely have a police state if either Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis were elected. We've seen what DeSantis has done, firing uh, inappropriately elected prosecutors in Florida going after the Disney Corporation, imagine if he had the Justice Department and police 
and the military at his disposal to go after his adversaries. We're in a position, in a place now, which I believe is different from anything that we have ever seen before. The possibility, the two main Republican candidates for president would turn the U.S. into a police state and probably have a lot of judges who would let them get away with it. It is an existential moment in America, and that's another reason why I've been venting so much uh, in whatever social media or other media I can use. And right here on Words Matter, your podcast. Uh, You know, if Kavita Patel were here, I know that what she would say at this point is, this is the time that we have to take a break and say goodbye to the non-subscribing members of the audience and say, for goodness sake, subscribe, go to the dsrnetwork.com, click on membership. Uh, You can become a member for just $5 a month and it helps support what we're doing here at the DSR Network, which is growing and covering a lot of stuff. And as Norm says, is dealing with existential issues for the country and will be for some years to come. So if you're not a member, go become a member. If you are a member, then you get to hear the rest of this podcast. Stand by and we'll be back in one moment.